Uh, at this time, I'd like to invite our preacher up here. He was here to preach a couple weeks ago, and he's back again. I had the incredible, incredible privilege to invite someone I've known personally for many years. He's my seventh grade Bible teacher, a mentor, a friend, and someone that I've called dad. Ted Bruner, please come and share from us from God's word this morning. Tim, 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 Tim. Man. That's pretty incredible. Some serious throwback right there. Wow. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody who's contributed uh, already to coming to the Lord in, in worship. Pat, that was an incredible word. It's just pretty remarkable how that's going to tie into just sharing a little bit. If, if uh, you close them, please open uh, your Bibles up again to John 2. There's a few things I want to point out to you there. Uh, as we get started, I was thinking I, uh, how much I need to reintroduce myself from two weeks ago. Um, I, I do work full-time as, as a missionary sent out from Lighties with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It was wonderful to have some fellowship time um, in the hour before the service with um, some of the church family and to kind of walk them through a picture uh, visual uh, of what God's doing in FCA. So uh, there, there's always that heart connection going on uh, here with the church. And Juan and I are working through right now also part-time ministry service opportunity at Penn Valley Church as, as youth leaders. Uh, didn't see that coming and still processing it. But I, I will say, you give me an opportunity to get in the word and, 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 and pray over it and present it to someone uh, who, who then can receive it and go out. That's a, a pretty incredible opportunity but we, we do what we do because of, of you and, and, and your support. Uh, so thank you very, very much. Uh, I, I will say this is still humbling to me as we were worshiping, especially now families back in the building, some circumstances uh, around Aunt Esther and her going home to be with the Lord last Sunday. We didn't have as many family faces here, but they're here today. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So we got the Lydie's family, the family family, and there's got to be a ton of people out there now like, what's up, man? Ted's preaching. Like, come on. And it's so, like, right out of the, I feel like I need to just confess, like, I, hey, listen, yeah, I'm that guy who, who just uh, is, you know, a, a mess, and uh, you still are willing to stay in the pew and listen. So I'm being a little dramatic, but family, you do love well. I appreciate that, because you got to be like, oh, my goodness, here's Ted. What's going on? Um, another little uh, funny tidbit Thursday night, I'm at Lehigh University uh, doing Bible study with the wrestlers, and I thought, I don't, again, I, I don't do a lot of, of, I don't even use the P word, preaching. Juana, Tim did. Juana's like, Ted, you can preach. Um, I see myself more as a teacher, but I'm at Lehigh, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this text, and I'm going to teach it to the, the wrestlers, and then I'll have a round under my belt, so we're ready to go Sunday. We were doing good until one of the young men's like, Ted, I was with um, Max the other day, and we're driving, I said, Max, uh, how do you know if you die, you're going to go to heaven? And the minute he threw that out there, John 2 or Genesis, it, it, not that it didn't matter, but I thought, we're going to have to take a break from the wedding at Cana and, and just really kind of let the Spirit work here, because he already was, and, and just, and we did stay in John, but I, I thought, we, we just, um, we're just going to have to wait till Sunday to do Wedding of Cana, because these boys were, were opening up a door that, that we had to walk through. So keep praying for those wrestlers. Um, good things are happening. They're, they're seeking, they're searching. Uh, but back to you. So this is kind of raw. You know, John 2, here we go together. We're at the Wedding of Cana. Now, I told you two weeks ago, 
I Google some things. I'm a visual guy, and I could be off a little bit as far as I try to make sure it's authentic, but I thought, let's start with a visual. I, I don't know how familiar you are. How many people are familiar with first century Jewish traditional wedding, Pastor Weller? On that, we got some. Well, that's kind of cheating, Pastor Weller. So you went to school to learn that. So no, so um, I got some pictures. I did some digging, and um, this is, this is kind of getting in the ballpark of first century Jewish weddings. Um, hey, now, wait a minute. That's, Wanda, that's us. That is, that is not, hold on. Let's see, does this, do I have to point this somewhere? Oh, hey. Hey, what do we have going on here? That, do you guys know those people? Cute couple, oh, hey. How about that, Harvey and Lorraine? Look at that. Look at that. And I think we got up one last one. I, I saw Courtney, but the, the gang's like, there we go, Mike and Deb, right? So there you go. Did you know that? All right, so that had nothing to do with first century Jewish wedding. The reality is I don't have a picture to show you of a first century Jewish wedding. Um, this, is, this is what we got. But I do have this. Let's go to, I want to make sure I... It, it pays to have this thing not upside down because the arrows will, there we go. Men in the back are lifesavers. So I'm going to keep that map up just for a little bit. And this is all I'm going to say. Um, today's passage in time, there's so much depth to this. And, and all this is is little appetizer today. We're going to dig into a part of the scripture. But, but really to do justice, this is Bible study time. This is, you know, Google up your, your favorite teachers and, and go at it. Because uh, the more I dug, I thought, wow, there, there's so much to this. But you do need to get wedding to get John 2. Now, how many of you knew this is the first miracle of Jesus? John's a fascinating writer. He, he picked about seven, calls them signs, seven things he wanted you to see that Jesus did in presenting Jesus and you think about it, later on in the book, he says, if you wrote everything, you would need books. But he picks seven. And what's interesting, five of those are exclusively John. Now, we can't break down all of that today. But it's just fascinating to think, like, why he picked what he picked and what he wants you to know. So I, I'm telling you, I want to put you on mission to find all that out. Because time nor, I'm not seminary bred, uh, maybe someday I will be, but um, there's depth to this. And, and you, you really need to know that. The beauty of wedding through scripture. Go back to Genesis 1. The very first words that God speaks. Creation, but you know the first words to people. He, he tells Adam and Eve, first wedding ceremony is the way I'd like to see it. Be fruitful, be blessed. Use the word blessed. So almost from page one all the way here, and Jesus shows up and, and, and John's like, First wedding, our first miracle in a wedding, and we're going to share this with you. Is coming of of, a, of as, as we work through Scripture, we know this day is coming of of a, of a great wedding celebration. Uh, again, I'm going to commission you there because there, there's no way I, I could do justice to uh, the, the prophetic nature of that and and where this is all going. But just know it's deep, and it's rich and it's beautiful. What I wrote down, and I'll I'll, I'll let you guys know this because it, it's going to help you understand Mary a little bit in her words. Three parts, and, and I believe there could be more, so don't hold me too hard on this, but I, th I think these three parts safely fit a Jewish first century wedding. 
So what, what Jesus and Mary and the disciples are running into in, in, in uh, John 2, uh, this couple, um, Mary and jo- uh, or Jesus and Mary w- would have known them. They're, they're traveling from Nazareth. That's about seven to eight miles uh, down the pike to Cana. That's a, a guesstimate. We don't really know where Cana is. There's two locations that we think could be Cana. This is in the ballpark, about seven, eight miles. So the bride... Good chance she could have been from Nazareth because Mary, as you read the scriptures, she's, uh, she's, she's hands-on. You know, she's, she's aware of what's going on there. There's a chance that she's in, in a service role in the wedding. But the backdrop for this real simply, I say simply but could imagine this. I think of my own children. Um, Jewish weddings were set up through parents. There was a contractual agreement. The, the girl could be as young as 13 or 14, fell about 18, Parents got together, contract is written, very beautiful. I think even today it, it might be artfully uh, decorated because it's the groom saying, I'm, I'm in, this is my commitment. But the parents set that up. That would be sealed almost like contractually. Uh, I even believe a cup of wine, which is important to know as far as where wine fits into the text. But that would be um, laid out in an agreement and then the groom leaves the bride's um, home and he goes back to his home. So you see this uh, Nazareth uh, Cana uh, uh, connection, potentially, if, if, if the groom guessing is from Nazareth. He would spend as much time, maybe even up to a year, preparing a place most likely on his parents' home, building space for him and his bride. Pretty interesting, right? John 14, Jesus says what? I go to prepare a place for you. So the groom is all about getting ready for the bride. That could take up to a year. That's the betrothal period. Remember Mary and Joseph's story. And, and Joseph contemplating putting Mary away. That's the period of time. They have not been together. They have not consummated that marriage. This is the, 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 the groom getting ready. And then whenever that looks like, and I don't have all the details as to what the bride knew, but they were watching, the groom would come with his party to her town, and they would have um, something that I don't know the name for that she could sit in, and they would carry her. And th- this was all celebratory, but she knew they were looking parable of virgins remember that who's got the oil trim who's ready to be watching they would come shouting party here we go and then they would escort the 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 bride back to uh uh the the groom's town all right and they would they would then go into a period of celebration which could last this is where you have to understand the wine context this could last now uh for a period of like maybe up to seven days and the whole town, my understanding is the whole town could come. So it sounds like a, it is a lot of wine. But in the context of a town, now Cana, it's not the biggest of, of towns. Nazareth would, Nazareth would have been a little bit bigger. Uh, but you still understand, there's, there's a good group here. There's a good group that's partaking of this. Um, all I can say, trying to do justice to that is, I believe with all my heart, watch my heart, miracle at a wedding, because it's his way of saying, watch my heart, watch my heart from the very first couple in Genesis to when we sit down and feast together, the heavenly kingdom come to earth. Um, You can see that at the end of Revelation. I think Isaiah 25 uh, might speak to that too. It's a wonderful passage. We can't go there, but know this is all a part of Jesus' narrative. Don't, don't misinterpret what Jesus and Mary, their conversation. Don't, don't look at that and think she wanted a miracle. He did not. Um, he is on mission. 
and it's all in the context of this beautiful relationship. Does that make sense? So just, just don't miss that. But the miracle in itself is what we're going to kind of look at in terms of the last little bit we have together. So I'll just read through it. A couple things I want to highlight, and then we're just going to wrap this up. So on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. The only thing I'm going to say about third day, if you're counters, you go back to chapter one, uh, when you put this together, this is all still the first week of Jesus' ministry. Busy man, but John wants you to know. What does John want you to know? When you're, when you're finished reading his book, he wants you to, I think I'm making this up. Let's get an address on it. This is good. If you didn't underline it yet, John 20, 30. You guys getting a little rested there. You guys can open up your Bibles and look at that or turn to that. John 20, um, 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I, I wish I had the knowledge to go into the, the greater context of wedding, but I, I'm going to give you a little bit more street conversation, if you will, but it's so rich and deep uh, because I think that's where we can meet Jesus right here, just in the short time that we have. Uh, fascinated to learn this week that John used believe, I think, 90-some times, never a noun, never a noun. Always a verb, always in verb form. You have something in this passage to receive today that can't stay on a shelf. You can't just keep it book knowledge. Something, ha it, it has to bear fruit. So receive this with an element of just processing and, and receiving. But all in the first week of his life, there's, there's this wedding now. The third day, some believe, is coming off of the calling, the first disciples and chapter one. We make a switch now. Chapter one is testimony through word. Jesus, Logos, the word. John's testimony, that's what we shared. You need to know that you know. So you have all of that in chapter one, and then we have the first five disciples. As a matter of fact, we think Nathaniel, well, we know that from scripture. Nathaniel is from Cana. Could have been the wedding connection. He could have known this groom. But Jesus has at least five disciples coming into this, this, this miracle. And um, that's all testimony by word in chapter one. Chapter two, now we work from two to about chapter 12, and it's works. It's works. Watch what Jesus does. So that's what's happening. All in this first week, we highlighted the, uh, the wedding, and we see that um, Jesus is invited. I saw some comment that because he's there with his boys, you know, it, it, you know, it was like, oh, we didn't have enough. That's, that's not the case at all. They, they, they were plenty ready, but... Obviously, not in the context of, of, of preparation with, with, um, with wine. So what I want to do, guys, from reading at, I'm going to pick up in um, verse 3. What I'd like to do is walk through, with the time we have left, the miracle in the context of the people who are receiving it. Right there. How can we walk with them? How can we relate to them? What can we learn from them? So as time allows, we'll look at Mary We'll look at the servants and the disciples. They're the easiest group. They're going to get the less attention here because we know that they believe. That's where we want to be. 
Now, Mary's the deepest because it, it gets a little bit tricky, but we'll, we'll start there. So when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I love verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, some of you might look at that and think, oh, she's leveraging, right? This is the mother of, of, of the Messiah, and she has it's a little bit of a power struggle. Not, not, not at all. Not at all. And, and, and don't go down the route of such a conflict that, oh, Mary wants a miracle, Jesus doesn't. It's kind of, you know, you look at that, right? You, you can't miss the heart of God. You can't miss the nature of God. Jesus knows these people. He loves them more than they love each other in the, in the vows that they're going to take. He is for us, not against us. And he's got a great plan and mission. And this is going to get it started here on earth. So we want to look and try to figure that out. Uh, and it's a little bit over my pay grade. So I could move on, but I'm going to attempt to work through it. So understand this. When Jesus says this to her, and, and when she talks to the servants, that's how some scholars say there, there's, there's maybe a role that she's playing in the wedding. It's more than just a, a doting mother or anything like that. Uh, but when she says, woman, um, what are... When Jesus says to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Um, there's some bittersweetness here, but, but all good. He uses a term. It's not disrespectful, but it's not mom. We might look at it as lady. Uh, or, or you could just look at it as woman. Now, I'm not going to take you there, but this, this is the term. If you go to Matthew 15, 20, Part of my own writing. I think maybe Matthew 15, 28, for a miracle. Jesus calls her demon-possessed, and she comes begging for a miracle. Jesus calls her woman. Uh, when when, the, when the, the, the leaders of, of, of the, the, the town, the religious rulers, brought the woman caught in adultery, and after they walked away, when Jesus said, if you're without sin, you cast the first stone, he calls her woman. Um, Mary, in the garden, he calls her woman. So understand, this is not Jesus pounding. But what he's saying, especially with the, the, the language of, of the text there, um, what does this have to do with me? He's saying, what's this between you and me? Woman, what is this between you and me? My hour has not yet come. Um, hour has not yet come. You guys processing that? You're thinking, well, the hour's now. We, got a mir- we need a miracle because there's no whining. Guys, this is huge. This is shame. This is guilt. I haven't read somewhere that, that they, have, they have record of lawsuit, writings in like legal lawsuits of people f- suing in a sense of, um, now that was more in the context of I think the dowry. I don't know if this could have gotten legal, but you didn't want the shame of people leaving. These are family. These are tight-knit communities. You did not want to bear the shame of that's what people are going to re- remember about our day. We, we failed in serving them. Jesus knows all that. Mary does too. Um, but when he says that, Woman, my hour has not yet come. He's speaking to um, multiple times. Some of you might be tracking and writing. I'll give you a few. John 7, 30. John 8, 20. John 12, 23. 12, 27 to 28. 13, 1. 17, 1. If we had two hours, we'd be in every one of those. I'll say them one more time because you might want to look this up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. These are six other references in John. John 7, 30, 8, 20. 1223, 1227 to 28, 13-1 and 17-1. All speak to this hour. It's, it's his death and glorification. 
So what he's saying essentially to Mary is, what is this between you and me? He's separating himself from her as mom now. All right? It, 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 yes, it, it might be a little bit painful, but look at her beautiful submission. Look at her response. She goes from Jesus, the son. Many feel Joseph is gone now. I, I even read uh, one who, uh, a scholar who's, who said, we don't even know if, if, if Mary was expecting the miracle as much as just by instinct. Jesus now is the head of the home. Jo- if Joseph's gone, Jesus is the head of the home. She would normally go to Jesus like, we got problems. The mule's out of the barn. Like, you know, whatever that would look like, Jesus was the problem fixer. Do you understand? It's like naturally. Now, I, I personally think she knew he could do a miracle. We have no recorded miracle yet. She knew he could, but she's coming to him as mother. Fix it. Jesus uses language that says, it's, I, I keep wanting to say mom because I know he loves her, but he's like, woman, I'm talking to you now, savior of the world. This transcends father or, or mother, son. You need to know it's, it's different. It's different. Things are going to look different. They're going to be, look at the end of the text. They don't even go back to Nazareth. They go back to Capernaum. And notice she goes back not only with her unbelieving family. They don't know Jesus yet. Not this way. She's now in, in, in fellowship with the disciples, including John. And what did Jesus say to John on the cross? Or, or to Mary? Woman, same word. Same word. I wonder if it had a trigger in her heart, in her mind. He's commissioning John to love his mom. And he's saying, mom, it's not mom too. It's incredibly deep, but he's saying, mom, it's not mom anymore. I, I am on mission to die. And that hour's coming, but it's not yet. So if you receive this in the context of he's just taking Mary and we're, we're here as family now, but now watch. I've got my disciples. We're starting that process. We're going on mission. Does that make sense? You, you understanding that? It's a whole different landscape now. Mary follows. Mary follows. But um, it's not an easy journey. I debated whether to share this or not because this is, this is not an easy journey. But if you could, let's just go there. Go to Mark 3. And I say this because some of us might have that Mary complex. You're, you, you're, you're, you know Jesus. You're, you're, you're close to Jesus. But maybe Jesus is we got a problem. Fix it. Let's go. I know you can. We see him in crisis. Calling him, come back. Calling him, come back. And I don't want to diminish Mary's relationship Praise God, her testimony is strong and it's solid, but, but we do an injustice to her and ourselves if you elevate her to a level, and you, if you do that with any Bible figures and, and don't see where God is meeting them on, on human terms. Real quickly, Mark chapter three, look at verse 20. It says, he went home. Now, I think home here is Capernaum. He went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, what? He is out of his mind. Let that sink in for a minute. This is family talking. Now, there's debate there. 
did they make that up as a story? Like, we got to get, we got to bring him in. He can't keep ministering to people without eating. They were either processing the concern that he's not eating, he's not taking care of himself, or if you go to Mark 2, and this is what I believe, they know word has traveled now where he's healed the paralytic and he gave the man forgiveness of sins before he healed him of his, of his um, paralysis. That word, I think, would travel maybe a little bit louder and more quickly than, hey, Jesus isn't eating. He's real busy. Both are true, but look what happens. And I, I, I'm going to take the liberty of saying Mark 3, 31 through 35 is kind of the spirit of what's happening in John 2. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him, and a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever, what? Does the will of God. He is my brother and sister and mother. That's not hate speech. That's the line is drawn. I could love you all I possibly could on earth as family, but it won't get you to eternal life. I'm now presenting myself as the savior of the world. That's, that's a hard passage, and I, I'm not gonna go any further than the text itself to just say that Mary is in the, she's in company, possibly with, with brothers, sisters, but um, that the family's on mission, and they're saying it under the context of, he's, he's losing it a little bit here. Let's get him. It's a sad picture. Possibly a year after the wedding, uh, I, I try to place this. this. This could be about a year since Cana. And, and uh, I, I just love what Pat said about, um, I wrote a couple things down, Pat, that you said when you talked about the time frame of God walking with us. Don't you ever put Mary in a place where Jesus stops walking with her and his disciples. I'm going to love you through it. Can you imagine how heartbroken he had to be in Mark 2? Um, but it doesn't stop there, right? Praise God. But if that's you, you need to receive that. Just, Lord, I need more today than just the quick fixer-upper. Mary knew he could do it. Jesus just was saying, Mary, it's going to be on my watch. It's going to be on my time. Where I'd like to just wrap things up, guys, is not just Mary. Now, we know the disciples, um, if, you, if you look... It says that um, um, verse 11, uh, that this is the first of his signs that he did at Canaan Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed. That manifested, that word, that's the same word if you want to flip back. John, John used that for this purpose in verse 31. I myself did not know him, but for, for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel, revealed, manifested. So we have Mary learning, new relationship. Things aren't going to be the same, but, and they're going to get hard, but they're going to get good too. We know where this is going. Disciples called out, something special. Now we know. We see this miracle. What I'd like to do, guys, in closing is just walk with the servants verse 5 his mother said to the servants do whatever he tells you so here are your two action items for today this is what i want you to take away and uh, i did i did bring a picture look at that guys barely through my second time sharing and i already lost the clicker all right let's see okay brought a picture of what these jars could look like 
But these, um, this, is, this is our takeaway, guys. Um, these servants, this is where I'd like to just be for the last couple minutes. Do whatever he tells you, and he tells them to fill, fill them up to the brim, and, uh, or he tells them just to fill, fill them up. But they, they fill them up to the brim. And uh, that's, that's my heart for you guys today. Uh, all the depth of this miracle, and it's beautiful, but you have these, these and, and they were made of stone, they had to be uh, because they, they kept ritually clean water in them. So this is, this is, there's a chance these could, could have been empty because the guests had to wash hands and feet. This is, this is what you use those for, different ritual uh, uh, cleansing and washings. It's fascinating that Jesus took that and turned that into wine, but I, I don't miss, the, don't miss the, the servants. That's where we want to be. We want to be the ones who say, Jesus, Mary just said, do whatever he tells me. I, that's what, it, what are my marching orders today? And if you say fill it, I'm going to the brim. Two thoughts on to the brim. And then I'll, 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 uh, I'll pray us out. Um, number one has to do with who we are in filling them up. That word, servant, I see it in verse nine. It's, it's verse seven as well. The word servant, I might butcher this as well I wrote it down that is um, pronounced diakonos it's a servant or a minister Uh, we get our word deacon from that word these these people were here to serve at the wedding but the part that I wanted you to capture so I meet Jesus today and I know he can do this work in my life of transforming me number one Whatever he says, do it. Number two, do it well. This word, it's, it's revealed in the word itself that, that the Bible writer John chose to use. Dia, I don't know if you know this, but a deacon, the word comes from dia, thoroughly and curse, dust. To thoroughly raise up dust by moving in a hurry. How about that, folks, if we served in our church community that way? All I can think of is, is the roadrunner, the old Bugs Bunny uh, roadrunner. Anytime that bird took off, right, he's gone and dust is flying. Any roadrunner, you guys remember, give me a nod, try to stand up. If you, yeah, okay. I, I, that's who I want to be. I want to be a diacono, sir, if I'm saying that right. Jesus, you say, I'm gone. Kick up the dust, let's go. I don't know where these servants meet Jesus. I, I got to believe they leave this thing like, wait till we get home and wait till we tell uh, our, our family what just happened. But let's kick up dust, right? Do whatever he says and fill it to the brim. Two weeks ago, I was walking the dog, and I'm going to close with this. Walking my dog. Uh, it's good God time for me. And, and, and a man came to mind. He said, I, I just feel like, can, can I pop that on again, guys? Um, right there. A man came to mind. I was walking my dog. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this guy with, with my Lydie's family two weeks ago. I never did. And that was kind of like, Lord, what was that all about? You, you know, I thought you put him on my heart. And, and I think the answer is, well, Ted, no, I know you're coming back in two weeks. And I know you're going to tell the church family to do whatever God tells you to do, Jesus tells you to do. And let's go all in. Let's fill it to the brim. And by the way, guys, when I use that word, um, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things 
the brim where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly. Fill it to the brim. Fill it to the brim. Jesus, I'm going I'm to operate from a position of being with you and watch the transformation that will happen. He's just asking for your faithfulness. That word when you share, I keep referencing his job to turn it to wine, right? Pat, you use that word when you share. I keep referencing because your, your testimony overlap. The transformation. Jesus brings the transformation. You just bring you. But this is the guy that came to mind, and I thought, this, this is the fit. How many of you know Edward Kimball? Raise your hands if you know Edward Kimball. So Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher in the 1800s, and he had a, 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 a desire, and this is his fillet, you know, but this is all he did. He had a desire to share Jesus with all the people that he ministered, all his students, personally. He wanted them to know Jesus. So Edward Kimball felt led one day to go down to the shoe store, this is in Boston now, where a young man was working, um, who was initially, he got that job from an uncle because the uncle said, if you're gonna work here, you gotta go to church. So that's where he meets Edward Kimball. Edward goes to the shoe store, he's so caught up and like, I don't know. He was so free in the shoe store and shared Jesus with this Sunday school student. He was so preoccupied, he walked past the shoe store, turned around, got himself together, went in, put his hand on the young man's shoulder, and he shared Jesus. And that young man was D.L. Moody. You guys know D.L. Moody? Love D.L. Moody. He's one of those heaven guys, right? Can't wait to meet him. That should be enough. We could end right now, and I could say, guys, that's, that's what fill it to the brim looks like. Just a little task. I just want to share Jesus with my Sunday school kids. Whatever he says, do. Edward, just do it. And don't stop. Fill it to the brim. He fits the do whatever he tells you to do, but this is where it got incredible because I didn't know this. I'll just share names and then, and then we'll, we'll move on. But Edward Kimball shared with D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody comes to Jesus. He becomes an evangelist, an international speaker. He preaches in a little chapel in the British Isles. A young man is, is, is there named Frederick Meyer. Frederick Meyer would then turn, be, be impacted by, by what was shared to the degree of, but he now goes out to become an evangelist like Moody. Um, he preaches in America. Another preacher hears him say, if you're not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be made willing? Are you willing to fill, just try to fill your life up to the brim for Jesus? That remark led J. Wilbur Chapman to respond to God's call on his life. I don't know these guys, fellas, you know, men and women, but Wilbur Chapman went on to become an effective evangelist. He enlisted the help of a volunteer named Billy Sunday who would help him set up crusades. Billy would go on to preach. He preached in North Carolina where a group of Christian men were impacted by his message. They decided to pray that God would bring revival back to North Carolina, so they brought a, a, an evangelist back into town named Mordecai Ham. And at some point in the 30s, Mordecai Ham uh, goes to North Carolina, preaches the gospel message, and Billy Sunday, our, our Billy Graham, comes to know Christ. So that's the slide we're gonna close with. One Sunday school teacher, whatever Jesus says, just do it. Just do it. And if you do it, watch what can happen. That's over 100 years in ministry. That, those men right there represent millions of lives impacted for Jesus Christ. So I, I, I don't know the what next for you. I don't know all that can still be gleaned from John 2 and the beauty of a wedding and, and the taste of that wine that, that, that Jesus transformed. 
why he would pick these servants. He didn't need them. He didn't, he didn't need the stone jar. He didn't, none of that. Just snap his hands, boom. How about this for first miracle? Intimacy, love, fellowship, but don't miss opportunity. Just come. This is what I'm going to tell you to do, fill him up. He had to be smiling on the inside of his heart because these, these servants probably are like, kicking up the dust, boom, come back. He's like, look at him go. And they're like, can you believe this? Because they know. I don't know how many else did. I, I bet the, the bride and groom did and the, the family, but it's amazing to think about what these servants learned that day. So um, I will close in prayer, and I'm going to pray uh, Ephesians 3.20 over us because that was, for me, such a takeaway here to discover what God can do with my filling to the brim. Uh, and as I do, guys, um, I'm going to have the, the, the worship team come. We're going to close uh, with a song called The Goodness of God. It could be new for some of you. This one hits uh, close to home. Karen and Kyle uh, are here. They, they were married in November, and this is one of the songs we sang to God in their service. And I just thought, this is a good, my cup is running over song. The fresh wine and, and, and freshness of God and, and his joy and his love. And, and we're going to see that in the, in the lyrics. If this is new, just enjoy it. If it's not new, uh, and you just uh, sing along. And um, let, let me just pray as we make that transition. God, you fascinate, fascinate us with your word. And uh, I, I think we, we can only scratch the surface of, of all that you are and all that you've done, as John has said, uh, that you would do this miracle, your first miracle, revealing yourself starting with Mary, starting with the disciples, those closest to you, but then reaching out to these servants, these servants who are probably just kicking up dust, running around, and you're just like, wait till you see what's about to go down. But that's the God that you are. You just ask us to just do what you say. You ask us to do it in a spirit, Lord, of fullness, and then you take that and you transform it. And look how many people were blessed. I, I, was, I, I read that that could be equivalent to 750 to 1,000 bottles of wine in our culture. Lord, you just are so good. And, and in that spirit, Lord, we praise you and worship you as the God in Ephesians 3.20 who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ever ask or imagine. That's who you are. And that's how you reveal yourself right out of the gate in John 2. By the grace of God, may we be the ones today to listen and do what you tell us to do. But Lord, not begrudgingly, opportunity, wonderful opportunity to fill it to the brim and say, God, here you go. Just praying for that next Edward Kimball, Lord. I know they're here, and we're excited to leave here, Lord, and be your hands and feet in Jesus' name. Amen.